Buckle up! This podcast is going to be all about the journey. Hi, I'm Clara, your host of Talk Journey to Me podcast. I'm so glad you're here. This podcast really stemmed from the thought that everyone comes from a different background and how they have handled their highs and lows of life. Join us as we dive deeper into my guest's story. Buckle up for another episode of Talk Journey to Me. Welcome to my podcast. This is Clara Springer. So moving forward, I am going to be interviewing other guests about their journey, whether that's personal or professional, and how it's really impacted their life and how it's impacted on who they've become. I very much so want to tell you about my personal journey And the one thing I figured out was I can't put it all in one episode. Um, My guests have the luxury of picking one specific episode or one specific, I can't even talk, it's fine. One specific time in their life that really resonates with them on who they've become and their impact on others. And for me, since I am the host, I would like to dive a little more deep into my personal life and how different things and different stories, whether that's if we're going to laugh together, we're going to cry together, um, you're going to learn a lot about me personally Um, that there's more than just the crazy bubbly Clara um, that's bottled inside. And I personally have been working through a lot of those emotions and learning how to cope with different feelings and saying that it's okay. And I want you to come along this journey with me. I am breaking it up into different episodes um, based on the years in my life. And this specific episode, I want to dive deep into um, my mother and then her getting pregnant and then having me and then leading up to my fifth year of living. So first things first, and like I said, we're going to laugh together. We're going to cry together. And I would love to hear from you. You can message me leave comments on the podcast, however you see fit. And a lot of this emotion that I am going to give, um, it is my personal life. And I know I can't control what other people think of me, um, but I can control how I can support myself and love myself for who I am. And let's dive deep. So my mother um, had a lot of her own self-reflection when she was, um, when she was in her 20s. And I think that's crazy because I had a lot of self-reflection in my 20s. Um, And she really had a rough patch, um, when she was, she was married, um, and 
a lot of this comes from when she was married, she then got a divorce. Um, it was not a good fit for whatever reason. Um, and this was before I was born and she then got into some trouble and ended up in jail, um, a women's jail over in Marysville, Ohio. It is on record. Um, so if you want to do your digging, you can. Um, so she was in jail for some reasons and she got out on good standing and good, um, like just being a little good jailer. And, <laughs> and so she, um, she, as she's leaving the jail, they do some medical exams and some things were not looking correct on her pap smear. Um, so they told her that she needed to go to an OBGYN. She didn't really think about it afterwards. Um, she went to a clinic, maybe like, I think she mentioned, um, a week or two after, um, and she found out that she was pregnant and she knew she couldn't handle a child at that point and she made the decision to have an abortion and that was her personal decision um and no one can condemn her for whatever decision she made um and then after that she met this guy and she liked him and all these things and she then um got pregnant again so, and that was me. How cute. Um, so with that, she got pregnant and, um, when she got pregnant, she went in for some testing and all bunch of things. And she found out that she contracted AIDS, um, whether that was before the jail, while she was in jail, um, after jail, who knows? Um, and it's okay that we don't know where she contracted it because the outcome of that was me. So my mother was in the early 90s, actually just 90s, and sitting here finding out that she contracted AIDS, how she was going to tell her parents, her sisters, and she had a lot of questions. And for a lot of doctors on if she's pregnant, is the child going to have it? How is this going to affect? Is she like, how is she going to tell her family? Are they going to resent her? Are they going to believe her? Um, a lot of things. So my mother then asked my dad to get tested and he was in the military. So they had to test him and he came back negative. So that was that. So he then was very um, negative towards her health status and disowned her, told her that she ne he never wanted to talk to her again. He wanted nothing to do with the baby. He just, he, he didn't want to be associated with her in any way, shape or form. 
remember this is the early 90s. So everybody was very, very scared of the unknown. Um, so she said, okay, well, F you. Like, you're not going to be in the child's life. I don't care what you say. I'm going to still have this baby. Um, she told my grandparents, so her mom and dad, and they are the most loving, God-filled parent, like grandparents ever. And I can't, hmm, I can't thank them enough for not telling my mom to abort me and still loving me for me, along with my other family members. But she really ran with, she ran with this and she started speaking up to people and really giving knowledge to those who didn't have the knowledge and correcting them when they knew nothing about it. So nine months later, welcome to February, 1991. I was born. Yippee. And since I was born through a natural birth, I then contracted from my mother HIV. Now you're sitting here. And if you know me, are probably in complete shock. Um, and that's okay. It's okay to be in shock because I don't live my life in fear of, I was a kid. Like I had no idea like what it even was. Like I had no idea. And, but now I don't live my life in fear of the, of the disease because of where it has developed and with medicine and everything. But back then it was very scary. Um, the doctors gave me two years to live. Um, so, Hey, 28 years past that. And I'm still here, still kicking, going strong. Um, so it is very hard for me to tell that personal story. Um, it obviously brings up a lot of different emotions and I feel like a lot of people then understand where I come from when I am talking about getting sick so many times when I was little. And there's some other fun stories that I'm going to kind of go through, but so my, there were Sometimes in the um, supermarket, so like Kroger or Meyer or wherever, that my mother and I were there shopping as a baby, as I was a baby, and this lady spit on my mother and went to go spit on her, on me, and my mom grabbed her and said, you can spit on me for whatever reason you want to but you will not spit on my daughter when this was like, this is not her fault. She did not ask for this life. And I remember a lot of different stories of, I have a lot of home videos um, 
you couldn't really tell that my mom was sick for a good amount of time, probably until I was like four. Um, but there's a lot of home videos that we have from Christmas and birthdays and fun, fun times. And I remember this one video and I can actually remember like it happening, but I was very little, probably just learned to like stand and walk and probably had just a few teeth. <laughs> and I was dancing in front of my mom, facing my mom, and she's sitting in a chair and she mooned me. She mooned me. She pulled my pants down on the video. And I was probably like, excuse me, ma'am, nobody's allowed to see my butt. And I bit her on the leg. So karma, right? So since my butt was bare, she smacked it, which is fine. And because I deserved it, you don't bite people. So that's kind of a funny story that don't moon me or I will bite you. So don't pull my pants down at any time in my life. And I will probably come out with these teeth. Um, so I then have a very close relationship with Make-A-Wish. So, um, so with Make-A-Wish, I got a wish granted and I wanted to go to Disney World in Florida. And we really made a trip out of it. Um, one, my, the oldest aunt and my mom went with me and I remember being sick for the first couple of days being there and it was just not, it wasn't fun to be sick. Um, but Mickey and Minnie came to my room and brought me breakfast and I got, I, I got better by, I think the second or third day. And I, had a grand old time. So Disney and Make-A-Wish really have this special place in my heart. Um, that was really the last trip that I had with my mother. Um, so my mom did a lot of during the time from when I was born until she passed away or was on her deathbed, she really wanted to educate people. And I feel like this is part of my journey is to educate people, but to also like show them that a, a disease and an infection and everything does not define who you are. And my mom went to a lot of high schools and talked about prevention and talked about safe sex. And there was a time. So my grandpa would go with me or go with us to then watch me while she was speaking. And there was, there's a video because we record everything in my family. Um, there is a video that a student in one of the high schools asked my mother, like, did you ever think of aborting? um your child when you found out the status because she obviously found out before I was born um to really have that preparation and she, in the video she said hold on and then she yells for me which I'm in the back of the room with my grandpa and she says Clara come here 
And so I literally am running up the aisle. (laughs) I'm running up the aisle to her and she picks me up and she says, would you abort this? This was not a decision or a situation that she got to choose. And that I feel like hit the person so hard. The whole room was silent and it really is about like, I, I feel like if she really did abort me, like obviously I wouldn't be having this podcast right now. I wouldn't have had all of these amazing family members and friends and support system that I have. And they wouldn't have me. I mean, like, let's get down to business here. Like, Y'all, like, are super lucky to have me in your life. <laughs> I told you we were going to laugh. Um, so, yeah, she really spent a lot of time educating people. Um, and as a kid, I really didn't understand anything. I didn't know why my mom was really sick. I just knew to take care of her. And there are photos that I have that I'm sitting in bed and I'm probably four, four and a half. And it's getting really close to the end. And she looks, my mom looks so brittle and so sick. And I believe she had so many different things. And that's one thing with the disease. It's not necessarily the disease that kills you. It's the disease is attacking your immune system. So your immune system is so weak that then you catch everything. You literally catch everything and pneumonia whooping cough like the common cold and flu could seem like the worst thing because it hits us and it hits us hard and um with that so I remember sitting on the bed and feeding her and I remember she had friends coming over and I remember a friend that was like They would just sit and talk and then play with me and really be there to support her and show that people really truly will care about you, will care about your daughter too, even when you're gone. And I hope she knows that, that so many people care about me. So many, so many people, I can't even name them all, care. And to them, I'm just crazy Clara, like, or I'm Clarabelle, or I'm Claire Bear. Some people call me Cece because it's crazy Clara. Um, Some people call me a unicorn, which now you probably really think I'm a unicorn. Um... But I truly am so grateful for all of those people that respected my mother enough to still care for me even after she was gone. And so her being really sick, we're getting to Mother's Day. 1996 and 
I just turned five in February and I obviously had preschool and I was starting kindergarten in the fall. Super excited because I loved people. And I went to a friend's birthday party and I remember coming back and so excited to tell my mom about all the things. All the things we did at the party, all the crafts we did, all the friends I saw. I was so excited. My grandparents couldn't keep up. And I was running up to her room and I get to her room and she's not there. And I feel like a lot of it was a blur after that. I remember going to my room and I don't know if I locked the door or whatever, but I feel like I just, I shut out the whole world. Um, but it was super hard because I didn't understand where she went, what happened. I don't even know who actually told me, like, it's that crazy. Like, a kid just knows. Um, so the kicker is she passed away on Mother's Day. And I could have gone straight into the system. Remember, my father is not on my birth certificate. I, I didn't have, obviously, my mother was gone. So I could have gone straight into the system for adoption or foster care and whatnot. Um, but my grandparents fought for me. Um, we, I know we went to court. I know I had meetings with this lady and she asked me questions on who I wanted to be with, um, family member wise. And I really, I always said I wanted to be with my papa, which is my grandfather. And so in my mom's will, she wrote that she wanted me to go to my grandparents or my aunt Deanna and uncle Dominic, who had just gotten married. Um, and they lived in the Carolinas. Um, and just sitting there talking to this lady, it felt so much like a, like a, uh, like a therapy session for a kid. Like I'm building some blocks and she's asking me questions, like, all this random stuff. And then like, she would literally bluntly like then say, and this is probably part of like the psychology part of she would then like, she'd get me say like, okay, what's your favorite color? And how many friends do you have? And what are their names? And who do you want to live with? And I would always just say my grandpa, like Papa. And so I got very lucky that I had such a strong family connection that they all wanted to fight over me. And 
at the time I probably didn't think that was anything. It was just how family was supposed to treat you. But I now know that not everyone gets so lucky. And I'm very blessed to have those family members that took care of me. So my grandparents raised me um, through up to like the high school years, which I will dive deeper into that later. And then my aunt and uncle kind of took over. Um, But really having that support with my grandparents and having them fight for me. Because if I would have been put in the system, who knows what would have happened. Um, And I just am very thankful for all of the support and family and friends that I have that know this story. Um, And I feel like this is like the beginning to an amazing, amazing breakthrough through myself, because even if my story is only going to impact one person, that's one person that may not feel alone anymore or may feel so connected to then not take their own life because they feel like nobody understands or that they're not worthy of a life or if they're pregnant and if they're also like HIV positive or have AIDS, like it's okay. And, and chances are right now, like your child's not going to contract it. I can't guarantee that, but take a chance because they deserve a life too, but I can't tell you what to do and that's fine. But my, my personal life and my personal journey I feel so called to tell this story and really lead in, lean into who I am and the breakthroughs that I'm going to have. And I hope you stick along, stick along, stick along for the ride and enjoy my guest speakers and really dive deep into what your journey and what your calling is and what your purpose in life, because you never know. And I never thought in a million years I would be on a podcast or have my own podcast telling a lot of people, or maybe just 10 people, whoever, whoever's going to listen, but having the support around me and showing people that anything is possible and Enjoy the next episodes and I'll talk to you soon.